Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. The problems within Web 3.0 become more evident the longer you spend time in the space. When you're collecting NFTs for the very first time, you don't really notice these things. You're just enamored by the different art or the projects, the founders, whatever you heard in Twitter spaces or whatever drew you into this space. But as with anything, the strength is also its weakness. Just as a boxer who is very strong and big and powerful is not very fast, anything else with whatever strength they have tends to be their weakness. So what if I told you that decentralization makes things very difficult to scale? Today, we're going to discuss why. In order to understand all of this, we're going to go back to history class. So I'm sorry if you're someone who did not enjoy history class in high school, but we're going to go all the way back there right now. Do you remember the difference between a democracy and a republic? Well, for starters, it has nothing to do with the two major political parties in the United States. In a democracy, which comes from ancient Greece... Every citizen has a say. Literally everything or every decision is put up for a vote. A republic is more of a representative democracy in the sense that a leader is elected to make those decisions for the people. Each decision does not go to a vote to the population. So right now, pretty much every Western country that says they're a democracy and is touting freedom through democracy is really a representative democracy or a republic because democracy does not really scale very well. And the more the population, the more difficult it is to actually run a democracy. So just giving a simple example, when five friends are deciding what restaurant are they going to go out to, they can put it to a vote and the majority can easily figure out which restaurant they're going to pick for the evening. Let's say 30 students are in a committee to decide what the theme is going to be for the prom or the homecoming dance or whatever it might be. Those 30 students can simply vote and the majority can pick whatever theme it is going to be. However, once it gets to 300 million people voting to, let's say, decide what the tax rate is going to be this year or coming to a consensus as to how to put sanctions on another country, that can be very difficult for 300 million people to vote on. So why am I going into all of this, giving you this history lesson about countries and governments and what have you? It's to say that centralization or essential power offers a lot of speed and decisiveness in a way that democracy, if you will, or decentralization cannot. And just looking at two countries, again, just to give an analogy, an example, easy to be able to see and display, the United States and China have two very different systems. The government is completely different, their economic systems, everything. However, when it comes time for the U.S. to make some sort of decision as to, let's say, building power plants, what their future is going to be as far as the direction of the economy, there is so much back and forth. There's multiple leaders. There's different administrations, there's states, there's people, all this going back and forth. And a lot of the time, by the time it comes to make a decision, there is either a stalemate because the parties don't agree or that there is another election and the parties end up changing and nothing is done. On the other hand, in China, everything is very centralized. It is a very uh, strict authoritative regime. So once a decision is going to be made, the whole country is mobilized and put into that direction, building highways, whatever interest rates, putting up cities. It does not matter. They make the decision and they send it down the pipeline. 
Now, this is not to say one way is better or the other. That's really up to you. That is not what this podcast is about. Simply, I'm putting all of this together for the simple fact that if you look at all the issues that we're having with various platforms or various uh, blockchains, whatever it might be, some people might be complaining that this one is too slow, that one has certain issues that are not being addressed, or in the case of, say, Ethereum with the gas prices right now is probably a bad example because gas prices have been really good right now. But as things pick back up and we go back to the norm, we're going to see those uh, gas prices trickle back up and everything is going to really start to show itself again. But making these decisions as a network, as a decentralized committee, if you will, developers all over the place, and there's different coders, different platforms and dApps, decentralized applications, and so many different tokens that are running on Ethereum, and there's different standards for the most part, and there's just so much going on that each one of these is doing its own thing and not coming to a consensus because it is simply decentralized. There is no central governance body. There is no authoritative, totalitarian ruler, if you will, that is actually trickling down and making sure everyone in the network is doing the same thing. And that is why a lot of these issues that we do discover and sometimes we get frustrated to say, why is this still not solved? Because this has been reported, this has been an issue, a headache, uh, a thorn in our sides for months or even years. So how is it that this still has not been resolved? And really that is the case is because there's so many hands that are involved. And going back to Ethereum, not just to pick on them, but since they are really as far as where the attention is right now, it's just easier to use them because a lot of people can understand the analogy a lot going through them. If you're not familiar, Ethereum was founded by Vitalik Buterin. He was the one, uh, really as a teenager, that coded this whole thing up and set everything into motion. But as time goes on, there was the Ethereum Foundation that was established. And now, as we're getting ready to move to Ethereum 2.0, there's a lot of developers and a lot of people that are putting their input into how all of this can uh, go forward to make it more scalable and what have you. However, the initial rollout of Ethereum was was literally in that whole authoritative one leader, one mindset sort of thing. Vitalik knocked up all the stuff on his computer and rolled it out. Now, as things are getting more decentralized, different inputs, there's different parties involved, things are a lot slower. And I'm not saying that this is a better or a worse model. I'm just simply saying is this is why things are taking so long to roll out and to fix these bugs, as I mentioned earlier, because this is no longer just a teenager with his computer knocking up some code, being able to resolve or troubleshoot. There is just so many parties that are involved at this point and so many people to give their input. And there is... Uh, back and forth. And in many cases, the decentralization of this thing is now slowing down its development. And that is nothing wrong because at the same time, the decentralization is allowing different ideas to come in from multiple uh, places, talents that are outside of Vitalik. And I'm not at all advocating to say that this whole thing should be just coded up by him and his computer and he's supposed to make all the decisions. No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm simply saying is a lot of the headaches and frustrations is due to this decentralization. 
And certain decisions such as how are we going to scale the number of transactions that the blockchain can process in a second? How are we going to resolve and mitigate the gas fees? How are we going to compensate the miners and how all of these different parties are going to be rewarded for participating in the ecosystem? That is all something that is not centrally decided. And it really is a trade-off. And a, a, a lot of things that we do see, it's it's bridging the whole Web 2 with Web 3 because it, essentially Web 3 is this decentralized. We have our own ownership of everything, whether it be our data or our NFTs that we're purchasing, the intellectual property, all the rights to that, having commercial rights, all these different things where an artist now owns what they are producing as far as music and it's not the record labels. There's so many applications as to why this whole decentralized model and Web3 is an amazing thing. And not to mention the whole thing of censorship, because it is not easy or it really it's impossible to censor someone out from a decentralized network. Because in the old way of doing things on Web2, let's say you have a viewpoint or an opinion that is not necessarily up to standard with whatever platform it is, let's say YouTube or Facebook, Twitter, uh, so forth, you could be deplatformed. Now, it's a little bit different. I guess you'd say the original decentralized media, if you will, would be podcasting because unless you somehow absolutely upset whatever distributive properties that you're using, the the host or whatever server it is that and somehow it, you get no one wants to do business with you that's a very unlikely scenario however podcasting is pretty decentralized and it's not like anyone can really kick you off of a platform right the exception being Spotify, because Spotify is a little bit different, but that I'm not even going to go into all of that. This is not a show about podcasting. But I said all of this to say this, that there are always trade-offs. So I would love to know, what is more important to you at this point, especially that you are in this NFT space? And I think these answers really will vary with how much time you spent in the space. But I have a poll up right now on my Twitter profile and I'll leave a link in the show notes. And I'm asking, is decentralization or user experience more important to you at this point in your journey? And I would love to know, one click of the button, you just go to that and just vote on that. Here we go. We spoke about voting and all the uh, different things of the forms of government. So now we're putting that to the test. Vote on that. And also, if you want to add in how long you've been in there or add some comments or whatever it might be, you can just comment on it afterwards. But really, I just want to see where people are as far as what is more important to them, whether it is the decentralization or that whole user experience, because all those things that I mentioned before, as far as the scaling issue, issues, the speed, gas prices, or just ease of use of all these things are just issues that should be tackled, would be tackled much easier in a centralized leadership. But with that said, I would just want to thank you for listening to this episode. As usual, I look forward to the next one. So I will see you then. Later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.